art can mean different things to different people. For me, it's all about the joy of creating. So if you draw, paint, write, dance, sing, craft, play air guitar, or even sculpt using nothing but mashed potatoes, consider yourself an artist and join the conversation. For the next half hour, meet the artist, learn about their inspiration, and enjoy the beauty of creativity. Welcome to Art Talk with John Cole Artist. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Art Talk with John Cole Artist. And the strangest thing, Heather, when I went to unmute myself, I almost hit the remove button. Now, had I done that, this would have been your show completely tonight. So <laughs> I am certainly glad I didn't do that. Um, well, happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, to those yes. that are watching live, happy Halloween. And to those that are watching the replay, well, happy Halloween yesterday or the following day or two days ago or whatever it is. But either way, uh, I hope you guys are going to have a safe Halloween tonight. It's not quite dark here yet in Drake at Massachusetts, um, but right after the show tonight, my guess is I will be sitting outside hoping to get at least one um, person. Uh, but are tonight, you living in the country or are you kind of in a city area? Well, Drake it is actually more of a rural country community. Uh, that, we do live in a neighborhood where there are houses, but I think there might only be like, geez, I think only one set of children live in the neighborhood. Um and I think that because the communities are so spread apart here, I think I think last year we had like uh, five people that stopped by. So it was very, very minimal. Now, we lived in California, on the other hand. Uh, we lived in Hercules, and everybody from Richmond would drive their kids over to Hercules because it was much safer in this in our area. And man, we used to get kids crawling all over the place. It was amazing. It was amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So they don't really do much Halloween-ish stuff here where I live in the South. It's a smaller area. A lot of it's like trunk or treats, but oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we don't, I don't get any trick or treaters. I kind of miss it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's something fun about doing that. Um, you know, especially as a kid, we used to, we used to ride our bicycles to a uh, subdivision that they had built, I don't know, geez, in the in the late seventies, early eighties. And, and we would plan that thing out. We know what streets to go down. You know, we would take, <laughs> you know, and we would use, you know, back in the day, we would use pillowcases to collect candy and we would come home with some pillowcases full of candy. It was pretty good. Yeah. That was back in the day too. When I, we, I had a lot of fun when I was probably like 11, 12, 13, you know, getting a little bit older. Yeah. I remember some, it would be all night. It'd be like till 11 o'clock. We'd just oh, be right. up and down neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah, me and a friend of mine, we'd ride our bicycles. And of course, we'd always be on the lookout for cute girls, too. But that was that age. It's what we did. <laughs> anyway, folks, Heather Doran is an author. She's a speaker. She's a mentor. And if you go to her website, she is a thriving money goddess. Yes. And she's also, <laughs> and you also host your own podcast. Yes, I do. I do. I don't, I'm not as consistent as you, John. Well, you should be because I've listened to your episodes and, um, you know, when I was driving back from Atlanta there two weeks ago, uh, I listened to the interview you had with, uh, with Allison Roberts and what a really, really good job you did of not only driving the conversation, which is important, you know, um, but also having a dialogue. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't a monologue like some people tend to do but it really was a legitimate conversation that you had. And I thought it was really, really well done. So I certainly do encourage you to keep that up because I think there's a lot of potential there. I think you're a natural at it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no. yeah it's one of those things that I obviously, you know, I doubt in myself at times, like 
<laughs> should I keep doing this? Right, right. Yeah, I know. I know with mine, it's 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 interesting that I, I do have some folks like Christine. Christine, uh, my wife's on. She says hello, beautiful Hi, souls. Christine. Hi, Christine. Uh, but what I'm finding is a lot of the folks that watch my podcast because five o'clock, admittedly, is kind of a weird time on the East Coast. You know, um, a lot of people work in Boston, for example, and having worked there and having to do that commute, five is not a really easy time. However, um, I do have some folks that are very consistent and I appreciate that. And then I do see that there are folks that, you know, watch the reruns on Spotify. So um, that in and of itself is pretty cool. You know, to get messages yeah. like yours out there is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a great way to market. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, coming into 2023, that was the big thing that marketing professionals said is, listen, like podcasts are this next thing, the next way that is really going to help you get your message out there because they're not super saturated and they can be very specific to topics. And it really does help people get a flow and a sense and a vibe for you from you, especially if you're a business owner and you want to start marketing yourself, it really does help people get a, like a flavor and a sense of what you're doing because really, and truly, you know, they get on the phone with you or they want to hire you. They, they really want to kind of understand like, you know, what your sense is and like, you know, right. cause you know, like, I think I, I heard Allison's podcast that she did with you recently. And she talked about how, you know, everybody, is doing the same thing. But, you know, I think the big thing with that is that we have to put our own unique flavor to it. And we all have a unique signature that we resonate to and people will, they'll respond to your unique signature. And so we always want to think like, oh, well, somebody's doing a podcast or somebody's doing what I'm doing. But we tend to forget that like, we are literally all very unique and we have a unique signature. Right attracting, whether it's like a love interest, whether it's friends, it's collaboratives, whatever it is, business partners, those types of things, you carry a unique signature. Right. And, and, and not only that, but we all do have our own stories, you know, and, and even I, even if I think the podcast, you know, a podcast is a specific area, like, like this, this is something that came up with me recently with this podcast, you know, it's, oh, and by the way, Karen Albert, she writes, you are both naturals. Oh, hi, Karen. Sweet, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, what I'm saying is that, um, yeah, not only do we have our own signatures, uh, but the stories themselves, I think when they get, you know, when they get integrated, because that's what I noticed about your podcast is you integrate your story in with the message that you speak about, right? You're, you're focused on money and things like that. Um, but because we all have our own unique stories, I think what happens and what I'm seeing with this podcast, you know, our talk is that I'm able to really make it whatever I need it to be because that idea of art really encompasses everything. It you does. Know, you, yeah. You have this financial background, but there is an art to money. You know? Yeah. That's interesting because I actually, you know, gosh, I remember in my college days, I took a college class. This is, you'll find this funny. I had to take a prerequisite class and I've never told anybody this story. So this, you're getting the firsthand account. Awesome. I had to take a prerequisite class 
And one of them was, was writing. It was like creative writing or something like that. And here I am an accounting student, you know, I'm this like analytical mind. And I remember writing some things and I, it was in the class with, this was like 20 years ago. And I remember my very last writing assignment was basically something to the effect of like, this has been a great time. Like I, I get this whole creative thing y'all are trying to do, but I'm going to stick to my logical, like I'm, I'm putting this, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pursue this anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about that the other day, you know, cause we just released the book and, you know, we've done seeking and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, isn't that so funny how this stuff just comes full, full cycle mm. that we all have these things inside of us all along. Yeah. yeah, it's part of that individuality. And that's really, I think, what what draws people to you. It's what draws people to me and everybody else that, you know, that does a podcast or writes something, even if it's a magazine article. It's there, there's 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 that piece of you or even fiction for the most part, you know, there's, there's a piece of you. Well, I mean, it's coming from your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? And anything that comes from your mind inevitably will be part of part of who you are, you know? So um, yeah, the book, for those that don't know, it's uh, it came out. Um, I think in early September, mid September is when they released the, um, Kindle version and now the paperback version is available on Amazon. It's behind the power. Um, I forgot your the success is waiting. Your success is waiting on you. That's right. Jeez, I should remember that since I'm in the book as well. I forgot. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, it's it's an amazing book. Your chapter's amazing. And of course, uh, we did the event there last uh two weeks ago in Atlanta. Uh, it was so good to see you in person, by the way. I thought that was cool. Um I know. I yeah. know. I love that we get to do in-person stuff. Are you going to be, you're going to be joining the next program, right? To write the whole book. I am. Yeah. It's called uh, unapologetically launched and it's oh, a, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a program that includes both um, a solo book, which will be fascinating for me to do because that's something I've always wanted to do as well as uh, the potential to be speaking on a TEDx stage, which is pretty significant. So, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be amazing. I can't yeah. wait. And I can't wait to really share my keynote speech again. I mean, mm. I know like your keynote speech was really good. What are okay. your plans for, for doing more to, to do more of your keynote? Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about that. That's a really good question. Um, you know, the opportunities in a, in a small farming community might not be as big as perhaps metropolitan areas, but the good news is, is we sit right next to Lowell, Massachusetts, which uh -huh. is a which is a city. Um, so the question is, um, you know, who best is my audience for that? So I'm still mulling that over. I haven't really decided anything about well, that. You know, yet. there's virtual, John. Well, see, that's why I need somebody like you to help me. <laughs> there's virtual. You know, there's virtual summits that people are doing all the time. There's lots of opportunity. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's something that I've, uh, that I'm, that I'm really thinking hard about. And I've been thinking hard about over the last few days is, you know, coming up with some kind of marketing plan for myself, because I think that's where I'm stymied a little bit. Uh, the create, the creative work I can do. Um, it's how do I get from point A to point B? So, yeah. Uh, what about you though? I mean, what, how are you planning on using your, your speech? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I plan on kind of listing it as, um, you know, a thing that I offer is like keynote speaking and then mm -hmm. also 
oh, what do they call those? Um, you know, where you, the panel speaking, that type of thing. Right. Um, I've been, you know, open for a lot of speaking stuff for a while, but I'll, I'm probably just gonna, you know, promote it a little bit more. I plan on reaching out to some summits and seeing like probably some more spiritual summits and mm -hmm. seeing, you know, what opportunities are there. I want to get on more podcasts. So that's going to be definitely something that I'll pursue is some podcasts. So just kind of like some of that networking stuff. I, I have been really wanting to dip my toe in my local community as well. You know, I, I, you know, my, my self-consciousness comes out because there, you know, there's a lot of like, um, I don't know, religious stuff, I mm -hmm. guess here it's very, you know, but I mean, that's also could be my own, my own thinking. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You really don't know, and and I'm here's my Bigfoot, and he can even raise his arms for those. That yeah, I know. I was gonna say we have to like mention how amazing your uh, Halloween like headdress costume, Halloween headdress, whatever yeah. is. Yeah, he's got to uh, come tonight. off, making my head sweat. Oh my heavens! But oh, that's for, are you gonna you're gonna wear him tonight when you do your candy? Well, you know what? It's supposed to get into the 30s this evening, so that might just be because that is like super hot to wear. So I might end up wearing. <laughs> So, um, well, at least he got to, sh you know, show us all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The star of the show for a moment. That's right. Yeah. That's my Bigfoot hat. Um, so, you know, right before we got on, uh, you know, we, we were talking a little bit because, you know, folks, I don't, when I do this show, I don't write questions out beforehand. I, I, and that's just something that I think there's nothing wrong with that approach, but I think sometimes it's more fun just to have a simple conversation and see where it goes. Like, maybe talking about how my hair now is not going to sit flat on my head because I had to keep the hat on, whatever. Um, but we were talking a little bit about, you know, what do we want to focus on? And what I, what caught my ear, of course, was that you mentioned, I think you asked something along the lines of, well, do you want to talk about some artistic things or some art related things? And that was curious to me because, you know, you're known for, again, being the money goddess. <laughs> right. Um, but I think that based on, based on what you said, you've got some other talents as well. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, my art, it's funny because I was, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, we were all talking about like our art and some people were talking about gardening and some people were talking about cooking and like, you know, their artsy thing that they go to. And I was like, I don't have a I don't have an art that I do, but it hit me. I was like, oh, well, I like to crochet. Mm. And, you know, my journey into crochet is a little interesting because I, when I started this business, uh, it was a couple of years before, you know, 2020 happened and then into 2020, um, I found myself in like massive burnout. Like I was, mm. you know, working just insane hours. And I came to this point, I remember thinking that it's like, I need something else to do that is not work. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not work. And that, uh, that I can just, you know, like do something that, that I'm not going to somehow try to sell or turn into a business because I will tell you, like, I am definitely the entrepreneur of the family. Mm -hmm. I see things and I'm like, Oh my God, you could make that a business. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we're to the point where like we have our we have our fifth wheel and I'm like, we're we can rent it out. Like we can do like Airbnb <laughs> stays like, yeah, we can make it a business. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm always thinking like, I want to have a farm and it's, I'm just oh, I'm the one that's like, you can make that a business. Mm -hmm. Well, I needed something that I wasn't going to make a business that I was only going to do as a hobby. My husband has definitely tried to convince me that I can sell my crochet and I can turn. I'm like, nope, my crochet, it's, it's only hobby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have continued for the last couple of years, just crocheting. And I learned from YouTube. I just, mm -hmm. I go on YouTube videos and they, I mean, they have just people just from all over. I mean, and some of them are even in different languages. Right. So that was definitely part of you know, my journey to, you know, just kind of cutting out that everyday hustle and that everyday grind was like, I needed something else to do. And right. I turned to crochet. Sadly, I will say though, um, I broke my hand when I was really little. And so what's happened is like my wrist has gotten really sore, um, from doing it. So I can't really crochet anymore. The past couple of months I've I've like, haven't been able to. So really like one of the things I'd like to do is to really focus on healing, um, like healing because, you know, like, I don't know if you listen to Joe Dispenza at all. And he talks about like how we can actually heal our body. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I'd really like, that's something that I'd like to start working on doing over the next couple of years to start to intentionally, um, do some of these things to, mm -hmm. to create, like the cartilage or whatever it is that happens in the body to help my body, like, you know, heal, because I, I do want to, I do want to get back to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could tell by way, the way you're talking about it, that it really was a joyful thing or is a joyful thing. So it is because I see these know. patterns and I'm just like, I want to <laughs> make that. Um, and it's just, you know, it's like, I, but it's funny. Like I, I've crocheted so many things that is my everyday life. Like I crocheted a thing that I put my computer on and like, I crocheted these little things for my cups and for my pens and for my, you know, it's just like random little things I crochet and it, it brings me joy to be able to just sit here and crochet and kind of just zone out in yeah. Netflix or whatever. It's my way to just disconnect, which yeah. I think really and truly that's what art is there for us. You know, it is. And also Amanda McWhorter, she says, hey. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> so that's awesome. Hi, Amanda. Thank you. for. I know Amanda. I was actually on her podcast not too long ago. Oh, Cool. That sounds really yes. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then you, you also do sewing as well. Uh, did you crochet that by the way? I did actually, <laughs> it's, it's this little, it's, it actually, it's, it comes off, you know, it's like comes around the little thing here, but it actually has a bottom. So most of them that you see are just this out, this outer part, but I actually put a bottom on mine right. so that um, when it comes up here, uh, it doesn't like, because my actually originally made it for my stepmom who had like arthritis and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when you go to grip the cup, you know, it's going to kind of come up. And right. so I created it with a bottom. So I made it like, you know, friendly for people who have problems with their hands yeah, and want to still. Yeah. And you can make a fortune off that. I'm just saying. I wait know. A minute, wait a what am I doing? <laughs> uh, looks like Deidre Vanko's on and she says, hi, hi Deidre. She says hi too. Yes, I know her too. Thank That's you for awesome. joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. 
So sewing as well, though, you mentioned that too. So crochet and sewing. Yes. Right? So I haven't sewed in a really long time. My grandma actually taught me how to sew when I was in my twenties and she, um, I can't even remember. I just remember my grandma. She, we would always, when I was younger, my grandma and I would, um, I would help her cut patterns. So, you know, you, you put the, the material on the, we'd put the material on the floor, mm -hmm. we'd lay the pattern out and then you pin the patterns, you know, now there's simpler things, but this was back in the day we'd pin the pattern and then you'd cut it out and then she'd do the sewing. Right. But it was one of those things that I did with my grandma to connect with her. And so I have a lot of fond memories of like when I sew, I always remember, you know, my grandma, that's something mm -hmm. that she like has passed on to me is sewing. Yeah, I started to, uh, you know, I, I, it was my sister-in-law had come over because I had this idea of wanting to sew my own costumes because my other sister-in-law is, is really decent at it. And she used to, her and her husband used to dress up as like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And one year he was <laughs> like the hamburger helper hand and she, and she sewed all this. And I thought, oh wow, you know, I mean, and me, you know, having grown up in this, in this world of, of wanting to always, um, because I always, when I was a kid, I always wanted to make movies. That was my big thing. I loved going to the drive-in. I loved going to the cinema. And I wanted to initially get into the makeup field, you know, creating movie monsters and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was, you know, and I used to, I could tell you some stories sometime on some of the goofy things we used to do. But, um, you know, part of it then was, you know, seeing my sister-in-law do these cool costumes. Like, well, that would be cool. I, I want to learn how to sew. Uh, so my other sister-in-law came over one time to to teach my wife and I, you know, we, we each bought a sewing machine. You know, we went out and bought, I think, their <laughs> brother's sewing machines, you know, all ready to do all this amazing stuff. And of course, my sister-in-laws start with something simple, you know, a pillowcase or a pillow. And of course, the first thing I did was make a freaking shirt. I'm like, I, I'm not going to start at the bottom. I'm going to start with a shirt. So, you know, and that, but, but I made it, you know, and matter of fact, last year and this year, I, I made, you know, the shirts for the Behind the Power event. Um, but even that oh, you is, actually made those. Yeah. The three shirts. Oh, I, I thought wore. you had ordered them. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's no, amazing. I, yeah. I did not realize that you had actually made those. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. impressive, John. Thank you. But there's something, there's, there's something cool about that too. You know, um, you know, make, making things and, 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 cause that's a skill. I don't know. I don't really know if too many people learn to so much anymore. It's almost like, like typing. I mean, do we even teach that in schools anymore? I don't even know. I don't know, but my typing, well, like keyboarding, it's keyboarding, keyboarding really. Keyboarding. And yes, there is some type of keyboarding that that does take place. Um, I actually took keyboarding in college. Interesting. Mm. That was another one of my, like, I had to take, you know, classes. And uh, it, it taught me kind of like, you know, that placement of my fingers. And, you know, your keyboard has that little notch on it. And so a lot of people, I mean, I didn't realize I was like, okay. And so now I, I type quite fast now, you know, cause it's mm -hmm. like every day of my life. But, um, but it's so funny. I even watch people like they do this little, like <laughs> type with the two and three yep. fingers. And I'm just like, well, that's impressive that you can do the three little fingers, but you know, mm -hmm. it, it, maybe they don't, I don't know. It, <laughs> I. Yeah, I mean, it, it, do you type with like all of your fingers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I learned I learned how to type. Uh, I think it was 
I don't know, 10th or 11th grade, you know, on the old typewriters. I, okay. I, don't think, I don't think they were manual though. I'm pretty sure that they were electric typewriters at the time. So I, I'm not that old, right? <laughs> we had electric typewriters in my day. Um, but then of course, after I joined the Coast Guard, um, you know, we had to copy Morse code and the easiest, well, oh yeah, okay. one of the easiest ways to copy it was to, as, as the codes, codes coming in, you would just sit at the keyboard and do it. You okay. know, so, so I've, I've been typing for a very, very long time. Okay. That's so, impressive too. Yeah. I use all my, all I my, always like, I always wondered how, how that worked. I mean, I, I know, you know, you learn it, but like anything else, but it always just impressed me watching movies, how they could, you know, know okay. what's being said. Dashes, like, yeah. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought about that the other day because I'm trying to teach myself piano from YouTube. Um, uh huh. Okay. And, you know, it's, That's and how I learned crochet. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I've got I've got short, stubby fingers, which you know, some people would say, "Oh, your fingers are fine," and they're fine. They do what they're supposed to do. But when it comes to like playing guitar, which I also love to do, and then of course learning learning the piano, you know, it helps to have slightly longer fingers. I'm not going to lie. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, but then I thought back to this Morris Code business, um, and where I made this parallel is, you know, if I could learn how to listen to dots and dashes and interpret that, <laughs> then there's no reason why I can't, you know, with a little time and patience, figure that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Well, uh, I do think that there's a fine line between, you know, just kind of figuring out that like, eh, this isn't really for me versus like kind of pushing through it. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I actually did try to do uh, when I was younger, maybe 10, 11 years old, a lady, cause I knew how to read. I know how to read. Um, well, I used to know how to read the notes. Right. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't figure out why it just, it was difficult for me to figure out like you've got these 10 fingers and then you've got the 10 notes and then it's constantly moving and try to figure that out. Like for me, it was too complicated. And I remember just getting so frustrated with it. But now that I'm older, I like, I understand my learning style and it, that's just too many like moving pieces mm -hmm. that, that I was probably, I'll probably never really, unless I kind of like try really hard, but it's just one of those things that I'm just never going to be naturally like any good at, or like it's easy for me because there's just too much involved. So I do think that art can be one of those things that there's like, there's that delicate balance between kind of like you know, trying it out and then right. realizing it's not for you or kind of pushing through or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's kind of an interesting thing. I don't know if I've looked at it that way before, because, you know, there are many things I've tried in the past that I'm clearly not doing now, you know, so why is that right? Um, is it because it was too hard or was it because I didn't have the patience or was it because I simply wasn't interested in it? Yeah. Right. So, but that's a good point. I think, I think, you know, for me with the piano and I'll just pick on that since that's my latest thing that I'm doing is, and it was, I think it was the same thing with sewing. It was the same thing with uh, like the artwork that I'm doing. And there's some pieces here that I'm working on. If I feel like I really, really, really want to do it, that even if it's hard, I'll still do it. Right. Right. right? It, but, but you're right. I think there are some things that just don't feel like me, like, yeah, it's like I, it I dives can... into just too much complexity for how our brain works. Yeah. It's like sculpting. Like I've tried sculpting, like even with that sculpey dough, 
with modeling clay, I cannot sculpt. I mean, I've got something in my cabinet. I'll show you sometime. It is just this goofy little thing that I did. I just don't seem to have a knack for it. And that's okay. That's really okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think we have to find something that we enjoy doing that yeah. gives us a a type of can you hear my dog? I can. He sounds he sounds lonely. <laughs> He's mad at me. Oh, okay. I mean, it makes sense. That it gives us this type of relief from kind of like our everyday. Yeah you know, thing that we're doing. Yeah. And I mean, I think to a, to a large degree, it should be something we enjoy doing. I mean, there's obviously hard parts in everything we do, but really just coming back to, is it something that I enjoy doing? And I really think that this kind of feeds into a little bit of the money stuff that I, that I help people with a lot too is is looking at like do i enjoy this because i think the problem is is that we get into or at least for myself and a lot of people that i know we get into this place of where well we're doing all the things that everyone told us we should be doing to have mm -hmm. this happy thriving life and we get to this place and we're like okay i'm not thriving i'm not happy i'm not fulfilled and so it's really coming back to this place of, okay, like what's working and what's not working, but then also looking at these pieces that do, that do bring us joy. Yeah. Um, you know, and is that something that you can do kind of outside of your nine to five that helps give you this, this type of joy or this type of fulfillment, or is it really something that you need to make a pivot to incorporate this and to make more of your everyday life. And, yeah. and it definitely can be like, we have to think about this financially too, because the problem ends up being with our finances is that we end up making money from a place that doesn't feel good and doesn't feel fulfilling. And so it creates this imbalance in Number one, how we make the money, like it creates this imbalance in maybe how much money we can make and honestly, how much money we end up really having this capacity to earn. I mean, if you think about it, if you're doing a job that you don't really like and you don't really enjoy, you're only really going to progress to a certain level in it. This is no different than let's say you're running your business and you don't feel fully fulfilled or you don't feel, you know, like it's really providing much joy or you enjoy it that much anymore, it's only going to fill you up so much. And so you're only really going to be able to make so much money at it. You might be really good at it, but there will become a place where you'll cap out because you're, you're not, you're not getting what you need from it, right. which really turns around to when you're doing something you love and you're good at it, that's where you can really come from this heart-centered place and really start to make more money that, because you're coming from this heart-centered place, there's a whole kind of formula around it, but it's just to the point, basically the point I'm trying to make is that you want to make sure that you, you do have things in your life that is providing you this type of joy. And art is definitely one of the ways you can do it. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, we're already at, we're already at our half hour. I knew this time was going to fly by super fast. Um, and I would really like to go down and talk a little bit more about um, 
you know, so, some of the difficulties I think that people have, you know, making these transitions from perhaps this environment that doesn't bring them joy yet brings them the money um, to, you know, to step into this new role of something that does bring you joy, but may not really bring in the income that you need, right? I think there's a balance there. There, there In my opinion, there needs to be some kind of balance, at least in the short term, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be a transition and that's the thing that I that I think social media has has skewed, you know, with these influencers and these mm -hmm. pretty pictures on Instagram is that oh just quit your 9 to 5, quit your 9 to 5, quit your 9 to 5 and the goal isn't to qu always quit your 9 to 5 and it's not necessarily even necessary to do that. You can definitely keep your 9 to 5, you can definitely keep your job but you make these tweaks along the way. So, right. you know, for me, it was not commuting. You know, I, I created a situation where I, I didn't commute every day. So that felt more spacious. You know, it right. could be a situation where maybe you move to a different department. Maybe you move to a different nine to five job that you do the same thing and maybe you make the same money, but the environment's different, right? Right. Maybe you, so you start to make these adjustments along the way that start to ease up on, you know, how you're feeling every day, ease up on like, you know, going to bed and feeling like, oh, another day. Right. right. So you start to, and I talk about this in my speech, uh, where you start to question these things, like what is feeling off? What is, what is, where's there a disconnect between how I feel every day? Cause I want to feel good. And why am I not feeling this way? Right. There's so many things you can do in your personal life. For example, it's maybe it's the way that you load the dishwasher, you load and unload the dishwasher. I mean, I had this complete epiphany when I went to go visit my mom earlier this year, I watched her unload the dishwasher and she had, she has this whole, she has way too many dishes. And mm -hmm. so it's, it, it's, it's like a chore for her to like load and like to get a plate out, you know, there's like these 10 layers of different size plates. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if you would just get rid of some of your dishes, like, but it's, I think that, right. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell her that, but if you're in this iteration of your life where you're like, damn, everything feels really hard, you right. know, start to like, look at these little things because what's going to happen along the way is you're going to start to be like, well, yeah, I, this is like, this thing feels really hard. I mean, like for me, it was my laundry, like laundry felt so freaking hard. So how can I make it a little bit easier if it's going to get groceries? Okay. Now we have this great thing where we can order groceries. Like it, this is what it starts. And then it starts to kind of snowball into this effect of like, well, what if I were to do this with my career? What if I were to reach out to this person? And what it does is it actually starts to create what's called that reticular activating system in your brain to where your brain actually starts to find solutions for you. Right. You're actually training your brain to say, Hey, I want a new solution for making my job feel better. I want a solution for making when I come home to fix dinner. I want that. I want a new solution that feels better. And so you start to, 
to come up with like, oh, you see a recipe on the internet or like your friend talks about this or whatever it is. We all these things are happening. But the problem is, is our brain doesn't really know which one to focus on and which one to tell you hey, you should listen to that. Hey, you should pay attention to that. And this is the exact thing that happens with our money and our finances and our career is that we don't, we don't tell our brain, hey, there's something there. You should probably listen to it. Right. And that's where coaching is essential. Yeah. And you know, that's where kind of like you're inside of the jar. Mm -hmm. You can't really see the label on the outside because you're inside of the jar and that's where you kind of really need somebody to help right. you kind of get, you know, kind of read the outside of the jar and then eventually get you to jump outside of the jar that you're like, oh, now I can see what the label says. And that's really where that confidence comes in. And you're like, yeah, I am a badass. Yeah. Yeah. So if people uh, would like to reach out to you because they resonate with what you're saying, uh, how would they do that? Yes. Yeah, so my website is heatherdoran.biz. Okay. And that's, you know, that kind of has all the places. I mostly hang out on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have some free resources there. Um, and, you know, you, there's a link on my website, but also probably on John's, you know, where you can get a link to the book, mm -hmm. read the chapter. I have a resource that goes with my chapter. I think, did you have a resource that goes with yours? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, we should make you one, John. <laughs> I need a resource. Help me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so that you can, you can go there and you can kind of see all the things, um, from the website. Yeah. And folks, I did look at her website. I've looked at it a couple of times, actually. It's a very well-designed website. Um, and it's got a good starting point. You can get a hold of Heather if you'd like her help. Um, yes. And I encourage oh, you. Oh, and I that. am also having, um, a free training if it's okay for me to share. Yes. Yeah, so I'm also doing a free training next week on um, Thursday. It's called Become a Money Magnet, and that is also there on the website. So I would love for you to join um, in on the masterclass next week where we'll be kind of diving into some of this stuff around your money, your beliefs around money, and um, really how you can start to reimagine this thriving life. Wow. And, and it's, and it's at a good price too. So folks take advantage of it. <laughs> All right, Heather. Well, well, hopefully, you know, I, we didn't, we didn't go as far into the money as, as probably we could have, but that's okay because this has been an amazing conversation with you this Halloween night. And, uh, I really hope you'd consider coming on again. Yes. Because, this was uh, fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so next week, folks, um, we're going to have a tattoo artist on Ooh. Uh, bunny Rican. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yep. She's currently, actually, she's in Atlanta right now. She's um, uh, studying to do, um, what is it called? Medical tattoo? Yeah, she's going to be yeah. doing medical. Well, she actually just got her certification. She actually is going to start practicing. Um, yeah, but it's medical tattoos for people who have um, like lost their breasts or had mm -hmm. breast cancer and all of that to do to put like the medical tattooing of their, of their nipple and, you know, right. so they can feel and look like, you know, have this body yeah. image. So, yeah, it's going to be an amazing conversation. So, uh, so hopefully folks, you'll tune in next Tuesday night, but for you, Heather, thank you so very much. Yes, uh, it's been a real you. pleasure talking to you. Uh, and again, happy Halloween, everyone. 
And uh, I'll see you next week. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you so very much for joining me on the Art Talk podcast, where it's my goal to bring artists together to talk about their craft. If you'd like to join me for a conversation, please reach out via email at johncoleartist at gmail.com or by visiting my website at johnrobertcole.com. So until next time, keep crafting, painting, and inspiring others with your creativity. You make more of an impact than you know. See ya.